Good morning. It is May 12th, Tuesday, 2020. And I am Ruth Whitstein, and you're listening to A Northerner Stuck in the South. And uh, looks like we might get some rain. I don't know. I'm sitting outside right now. I'm going to take advantage of this moment. Give me a little bit of time here. We got like a 40% chance, I guess, of rain. I needed to come outside. I get cooped up in that trailer when it's rainy or whatever and drives me nuts. And and then when it's hot because I have lupus and the heat does not agree with me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I tried to watch a little bit of the news this morning. I just keep getting disgusted. It's our Trump administration that disgusts me to no end. Um, I'm sure most people have figured out by now this is not a pro-Trump pod- podcast. I can't be pro-Trump. He's just not worthy of my tr- proness, my pro-feelings for him. But he's not worthy of pro-feelings from me. Let me put it that way. He's not worthy. He's a third-rate president. And I wouldn't even know if third-rate would be proper in saying he's just crappy. I think he's the worst leader we've ever had. You know, he's just awful. He has no problem saying those things to other people about them in general. He'll call people, if he doesn't like, you know, like people from Africa and Haiti, he'll call their country a shithole country. Um, he he will call women horse-faced, you know, just tear them apart with his verbal abuse. He'll um, racially slur, you know, Asian people. Um, he's just, he's a disgusting excuse for, for human being, for one, a disgusting excuse for a politician. It's crappy. I, even politicians who are, can be lying, sexy, you know what? Most of them don't behave like him. Really to the level that he does. He's just a hideous individual. That's all I gotta say. And I don't... I don't apologize for my feelings because he sure as fuck don't apologize for how he feels about, you know, his latest stupid BS is this dumb thing he keeps saying, Obamagate. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. He was asked several times in a, in one of the conferences yesterday and he couldn't even say what it was. All he said was, you know, you know what it is. It's all this terrible things. It should never happened and blah, 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 blah. He can't say it because there isn't anything. And if it was there, I think he would say it. Mm. I think there was an accus- accusation of Obama trying to investigate him. Not him, maybe, per se. Investigate Russians probing into our elections or something. I don't know. So who cares, right? That he... That Obama, the Obama administration maybe started an investigation into Donald Trump trying to weasel his way into the White House unjustly. So what? Who gives a fuck? Especially since our people were probably used instead of Diphead trying to dig up dirt over in Ukraine using the Ukrainian people and strong-arming a president and breaking the law. Our president didn't break the law. Obama didn't break the law, despite what this man says. It's amazing to me. And it's amazing to me, his supporters just, oh, rally behind him when he speaks this BS. 
I guarantee fucking to you're going to hear a lot of these idiots walk around and use the word Obamagate. Because he started tweeting that shit on Mother's Day. Now these idiots who can't think for themselves are going to run around and start using those terminologies. No doubt. And they won't even know what it means. Because Trump doesn't even know what it means. He has no... He's trying to distract the whole of the United States on what a shitty job he's doing taking care of... Well, he's not taking care of anything. Uh, fucking up, we'll put it. This pandemic response. He's terrible. He's just awful. And he's still not allowing other people, he's still not allowing the testing to move forward. He's still really not allowing enough PPE out there for the, to protect the nurses and the doctors. I don't, I don't give a shit how he says he's done a great job and we're the best ever and blah, 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 blah. Again, it's blah, 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 blah. You just speak to the nurses, the doctors, and the front lines. You'll find a different story. Maybe not where I live in the South. Mm-hmm. Because right here in this small area, we don't really seem to have much going on because of the, you know, we're widely spread out here. But I'm talking New York. I'm talking maybe New York is better. New York is probably better now because of the, because of Cuomo. Cuomo's got his shit together and he works his ass off. He realized, I think early on, you can't rely on the president for anything. He's useless. And so as a New Yorker for him, he was like, we're New Yorkers, we can handle this. You know, Trump doesn't care about taking care of people other than himself. He he might offer help to um, Putin. Yeah, I understand he sent him some ventilators um, when we have a shortage here in the United States. Isn't that interesting? Um, he might do that. He might help uh, his Republican-run states that are kissing his ass. But anybody else isn't going to help. Can you tell I'm kind of in a grouchy mood this morning? Because I kind of am. I woke up kind of on the wrong side of the bed. I've been dealing with this pain in my back. Uh, pulled a muscle, lifted stuff. Probably should have done it. it. My connective tissue, my joints are all fragile anyways. And I lifted something that was a little too heavy. And let's just say I'm not comfortable right now. Trying my best to get through it, but I don't feel that great. But yeah, he's... Man, he's something else, you know. And I'm a little irritated because of the way my husband was treated at his job yesterday. You know, the ex-job yesterday when he went to go get his things. They're all Trumpies. They're all fucking Trump supporters. Excuse me, I'm going to swear a little bit here. Um, and I'm irritated because they use the Trump tactics and they use the behavior. And they know my husband is not a fan of that man at all. And so they try to rub that shit in his face as much as they possibly can. Yeah, it kind of makes me mad. They use politics in the workplace, and they discriminate against people. Yeah, they do. They do. They do have. They do employ some Mexicans and some African Americans, and they have. They do discriminate against them unless those people will kiss their ass nine ways, to, just like Trump. Got to kiss the ass or you don't get what you want or need. It's really not want. It's need and you don't get properly treated. But you really got to bend over backwards and kiss the white man's butt. It's irritating. And I am not a racist. I am not a fan of this white supremacy attitude, which is fucking rampant in the South. It is so rampant. 
I've been watching this sad thing in Georgia about that man, Aubrey, who got shot for going jogging. Followed the, I love Don Lemon on CNN, watched his rendition of that. Showed, yes, he did walk up to a house that was under construction. Okay, mind you. Just bones, literally, like literally a frame. He walked into it and looked, kind of looked around. They had, they showed it. He didn't take anything. He turned around and walked back out and went on for his jog. And Don Lemon said this perfectly. He said, how many of us, he said, as men, maybe not women, you know, or maybe kids, you know, have walked into a construction zone just to see what it looked like. He said, people do that sometimes. They're not trying to do anything bad. They're just looking because it's curious, you know, this is what it looks like on the inside. This is what the house looks like without, you know, all the... The siding on it and everything. This is the bare bones. It's kind of cool. And that's what it kind of looked like. He was looking at it in the video that I saw. There was a video of him doing that. So, you know, but that video of that guy, when he did that, sparked the 911 call. Yeah. And then the taking of matters into their own hands of literally hunting down this poor kid and shooting him in cold blood. It was it was a murder, hands down. And I think those two dudes are going to fry, based on what I saw on the news. The Gosh, the guy was speaking. I wish I knew what his name was, but he was saying the evidence is there. He said, all you have to do is look at the video and realize what they did to this poor kid, you know. They hunted him down and they killed him. They lynched him is what they did. They made decisions. Lynching, like I said before, is basically death without trial. And they just went ahead and, you know, hunted him down. And these, these two men couldn't have fit the picture of, and I realize their, their, um, the dad, I think, was an off-duty or retired police officer. Can't remember which. Anyways... Their physical appearance, how tragic, is so fitting of the epitome of what it is to be a redneck, white redneck out in, in, you know what I mean? It's just what you see is a stereotype. They fit their own damn stereotype. Distrustful of the black man um, just because of skin tone and losing their shit and then taking matters into their own hands. Hillbilly justice. It's disgusting. And worse yet, the reason why two months went by, nothing was done that they weren't arrested for two months. It's because the DA happened to be friends of the two hillbillies that went after this, this poor kid. So they had called, I guess they called the DA and she had said something like, you know, well, don't, don't arrest right now. They wait two months. And had that tape not surfaced, had that video not surfaced, that this never would have blown open and those guys never would have been arrested and what's interesting to me what's actually interesting to me and comforting to me is the outward support of so many people of all races and all countries for this family for this young man the president actually did say something decent about him i was shocked i was absolutely shocked he said that his heart went out to the family and the kid looked like a decent kid. And I was very surprised to hear the president say that because he he doesn't talk that way. 
So there was one side that I said, okay, my, and even my daughter, you know, we're sitting there watching the news together, and she turned and looked at me, because we do, we do a fact check on his, his conferences usually. We have to fact check them, because when you're raising kids and you have a president like that, you have to be very, very um, honest about the truth, so you have to be forward about the truth, see? Which means it's a lot of checking, fact checking. You know, Obama didn't require that kind of thing because he was honest in he was so honest um, and upfront, you know. And if he didn't know something, he'd say so, or he would make sure he had the the facts to back things up. This guy, Trump, he doesn't know how to tell the truth, and he lies so much. <clears throat> did he say something nice? Yeah, he did say something nice about that kid. Does it give him a pass on all the horrible things he did in the past? Absolutely not. It was just one nice thing he happened to say yesterday. about that kid either yesterday or whatever day but then in the same sentence of him saying the nice thing he said well maybe there were some other things on those tapes maybe we didn't see the whole tape there's something missing that maybe you know and he didn't really go forth and say the whole sentence but I in my mind because I don't trust this I don't trust Trump I think he's going to say something bad he said I, in my mind I heard in my mind okay just get that through your head in my mind I felt like he was probably thinking, yeah, but on the tape he probably was up to no good even though he looked good on the outside. Well, he wasn't up to no good. That kid was just curious, like any person. Did the boy have a record? Yep, but it was four months ago. Four months prior to him being murdered, and I, I think it was shoplifting, like in a grocery, in a shop, not like burglary. I don't know. I'd have to go look. The deal is, the bottom line is, it doesn't warrant hunting down and killing someone. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. You hear shit like that all the time from people. Like even out here, this nonsense of shoot first, ask questions later. People say that all the time. And it is so damaging and dangerous and reckless and crappy. And what if a person, what if, what if your kid was in danger and went running to get help? And her phone died or whatever. And she went running to a house to get help and was, you know, like her car rolled or, or she was being chased by a bad guy. Okay, what if, and in her screaming and yelling for help, people come out of their house and shoot your kid because she was screaming. So they shoot her and kill her. And she never got the help. She just was murdered or, you know, killed or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? That attitude of shoot first, ask questions later is wrong. Absolutely wrong. And that's why this gun nut business here in the United States has got to be fixed. Where you can shoot anytime you want. I just... Oh, I'm in a mood today, folks. I'm sorry. Woke up and hurting. Watched a little bit of the news. Saw a lot of bunch... Saw a lot of nonsense. Watched... I tell you what did kind of tickle my fancy though was the whole was it yesterday he he was having that he was on the conference and he, he cut it very short because one of the girls one of the ladies was ladies he doesn't like women he's terrified of women you can see it he just gets this he tries to be really harsh and it's just you can see the fear in his eyes um this uh, reporter asked about why does he think that we are 
You know, we're the better than anybody else. We're the best of anybody else. And it's like a race. She had a point. Why does this matter at this point when there's so many people dying? Why does it matter who's the best? Why don't we all help each other out, right? You know, it should be this global um, working together instead of this I'm better than you kind of thing. And she just asked, why does it matter? And why, you know, all that. And he responded, she was Asian. He responded with, why don't you ask China? That's how he said it. Oh, my God. I wanted to just... I hate it when he says that because it's so clearly a racist way he's saying it. It's just, it's the inflection. It's his behavior. He just, he hates anyways. And she was clearly of the Asian persuasion and it pissed him off that she asked that question and he called it a nasty question. She asked a nasty question. I don't think it's a nasty question. I think people need to ask more questions of him, of his character, because I don't think anyone realized what they were voting into office. I don't. I think they thought that, you know, because of what, I mean, I don't think they realize the nature of the beast and how he handles himself in public is a clear indication as to what kind of creature he is. He's hideous and his behavior is just, ugh. And how he talks to people, just, ugh. And I think that reporters should hold his feet to the fire. And she asked a very good question. Why does it matter right now? Shouldn't we be looking into, you know, pulling together? If Obama had been standing up there and asked the same question, he would have said, probably he would have said, it really doesn't matter. You know, you're right. It doesn't really matter. We need to be looking to each other. I mean, I could see Obama go, you brought up a good point. If I've been saying that, I'm sorry. I could see that coming out of him because he's a kind guy. Can't see kindness coming from what's apparently, um, according to sources. And I don't know how true this is because nobody knows not at, not all. Apparently, Trump kind of forgot Mother's Day and didn't even wish Melania Happy Mother's Day or anything like that. He was busy doing Twitter storms. Yes, I know, buddy. I just makes me mad. Buddy, I know. You don't have to be upset. It's okay. <laughs> Buddy has to give his 50,000 cents worth. And if you really wanted to know what that whole altercation... Buddy, you are not going to eat the cat's food. Bud man, she'll get you. Buddy. Okay. Well, I'll let, I'll let Lily give you a smack down there. I got a cat. She'll smack you in the face if you try to steal her food. If she doesn't want it, she'll share it, right? She's a sweetheart. But if she is going to eat that food in her bowl, she will smack dog, cat. It doesn't matter. She'll get him right in the face. <laughs> she's funny. She has, she's funny. No, what he's really upset about is Mr. Orangey, the other little boo-boo kitty of mine, came walking out from the road. I, he's, he's a bit of a... A runaround, this orangey is. He's been out carousing, it looks like. Mostly, and he come back in and, excuse me, Budman knows that when orangey shows up, orangey owns, kind of owns it. And so, and he'll, he'll do the same thing if Buddy's trying to steal cat food, which is a delicacy I understand amongst the dogs. Dogs love cat food. They love it. And I have had the hardest time keeping my dogs from stealing cat food dishes and running across the yard with them. 
full of food. Spilling food everywhere, mind you, which makes the birds real freaking happy because then the birds are like, yeah, cat food, and they get out there. So it's like, I have to really watch it. I have to put the food way high where Buddy can't reach, which is uh, probably a reason why he was howling because he knows that Orangey's going to go get his food from a very high place. My other cat can't jump up so high because she's old. So her food's down lower, and he knows he's going to get a smackdown if he gets into her food. Yeah. So they love the cat food. I, I have had dogs for years and cats for years, and we've always had that issue. We've always had that issue of cats, of the dogs trying to eat the cat food. It's happened as long as I can remember. And it's kind of funny. <sighs> when I looked at the ingredients, maybe this is why. There's like 30 grams of protein, a whole bunch of fat. It probably in a lot of calories. I mean, probably because of the smaller nature of cats, their metabolism in general, if you listen to their heartbeat so fast compared to a dog, they, um, they probably, their metabolism is so quick, they require those calories, you see. And it's, maybe it tastes richer. I don't know. I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> I'm not going to try it. But we'll let Buddy try it. He likes it. Mmm. And Buddy's a little irritated because we've got our fence up now, too, across the front. He is no longer walking the roads, see, going out and getting getting snacks from the neighbors. We've had to keep him in. We've had to keep him in. We've had to keep our other dog, Harley, in because those kids down the street yesterday. You know, one of the reasons we put this fence up was we have we have a few children down the street and they have a pit bull, a huge pit bull. Beautiful, beautiful pit bull. Um, I don't know what its name is. I think I could have sworn I heard him call him Adolf. Maybe the, I can't imagine that's a pretty name, though. I mean, well, no, because Adolf Hitler was not someone I would emulate. But it, it's a name. Okay, who knows what the reasons were. Um, I feel sorry for all the Adolfs out there in the world because of Hitler. He kind of ruined things for them. I feel bad for them. But this dog was running down the street and um, with the kids yesterday. They were riding their bikes past our house, our property actually, and around the corner. And they like to slow down. I just loiter. They just like to loiter and see. I, you know, don't really know the reasons. We've got signs up that say that, you know, don't trespass and stuff. And they were trespassing at one point. They were coming in our yard, bringing the dog, causing some trouble. They were picking on our animals. The kids were. They were going, after they were asked to leave, kindly. Then they'd go outside the fences and poke sticks through the fence at our dogs. So it was like this ongoing, ridiculous thing. And so finally, you know, we had a little chit-chat with, I guess, parents and what have you. My, my husband did. And, they, you know, our kids wouldn't do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. And my husband just said, look, he said, I'm going to put a fence up. And that's what I said to, uh, to the kids themselves. But my husband, I guess, spoke to the family. And after they had the conversation, they kind of realized that they're, they were kind of in the wrong. But anyways, yesterday was a good example as to why we have a fence. Because they came up here again, loitered in front of our gate with their dog. And the dog looked like he didn't really want to stick around. Because then our dog started to bark and he just got this look of, oh, crap. 
And, you know, then finally, and my husband was out there fixing to walk our dogs. And I told him, I said, do not walk them outside the fence in the street. Walk them here on the property behind the fence. So you see that? And he goes, oh, yeah, I do. And he just asked kindly to the kids. He said, do you mind just moving on, you know, sort of standing there in our driveway? Because even though we have the gate on on the driveway, it's on our property, the other side of that heading towards the street is also on our property, and that's where they were, just hanging. It's like they're taunting in a way, tempting, you know, trying to, yeah, I guess the word would be taunt, trying to taunt us, I guess, even old people. I, you know, and I know that happens sometimes. Maybe they don't even realize what they're doing. But they just looked at him, well, we can be out here. You got your fence up now. We can be out here. And my husband said, look, I know what you're kind of doing there. You're kind of trying to aggravate the situation. He said, it isn't good. Whatever. He just, I said, don't, don't feed into it, sweetie. I said, we do. Hey, that's right. We have a fence. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I said, just turn your back and get the dogs over this way and just ignore and, and uh, don't worry about it. And so we walked away from the fence and walked the dogs and did our, just went back to our business and those kids still stood out there loitering their dog and then finally they just got bored. We didn't give them what they wanted, the go home now and that kind of stuff. They finally just walked away and I just told them, I said, that's what we're going to have to do. We have the fence now, so, you know, he said, oh God, I hope they don't try to unlock it. And I said, well, and that's when we get, a, that's when we start, if that happens, then yeah, I'm calling, call their parents first and then get a hold of their parents first say, hey, you know, now your, now your kids are breaking in our fence. That's one thing, if we didn't have a fence, I guess, you know, but there's a boundary there. It's a clear one. Yeah, it's time for you guys to take action and talk to your kids. Or I guess, you know, we're just going to have to call somebody because this is ridiculous. You know, we put this fence here to protect us and to protect you guys. It's there so that our dogs don't get out anymore and walk the streets. So we can't use that as an excuse, right? Because that was something that, you know, they would say was, well, your dog runs up and down the street. Yes, that's true. That is true. They did. But our dogs in indifference are all fixed and they don't have any aggressive behavior in them. The ones that run around, say, the ones that are behind fences in their own yards. That's a little bit different story. We don't know how they react. And since, because, you know, their breed is questionable, uh, a mixed breed that's questionable that we've researched and, and what have you. And I've tried to employ some things when I see some aggressive behavior like music and, you know, singing to them and just certain things that work, by the way. Music helps. There's this uh, video. I can't seem to get it on my Pandora, but I got it on YouTube. It's doggy. I just typed in doggy relaxation music and it comes up with all these different choices. And they're like 15 hours long of this doggy relaxation music. And I will tell you, I, you know, every once in a while, even these, these guys are paired up according to likes out here. Cause we have them in their different yards paired up. We've got several different yards. Um, once in a while they get into like a sibling skirmish, right? And they'll fight each other a little bit. They'll get a little angry over something like, you know, you took my twig or you took my doll my, 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 you know, squishy toy or whatever. You know how siblings can be. 
Even humans can be like that. So um, when they start to get all into an argument over something stupid like that, I, and even if it isn't something stupid, I go ahead and play this music. I just get my phone out real quick, dial it up, turn it up really loud, go into the area where they are and just play it and just wait and be patient. And interestingly enough, if you don't yell and scream and carry on, act like a buffoon and just play this music, it works. They calm down. It's like, it's like something, it's like they got, you know, it's like they got sprayed with water to stop something, but they didn't. It was just music. And they just look at you like, oh, well, isn't that nice? And then they'll lie down and calm down. I've had great results with that. So we do things like that, say. But I just don't know, being that, you know, we attempted to find homes for them and then discovered that the wrong people wanted them and we frightened us, so we ended up just packing our little babies up and bringing them home from the, from the adoption place. Um, when I say wrong people, I'm talking about people who wanted to use them in the ring for bad things. Yeah, they wanted to use them. I didn't understand that whole culture until the vet explained to me what dog fighting problems were out here. And of course, it's all illegal. And uh, you, if you catch them, I mean, we, we had no actual definitive proof, but apparently what they were saying the buzzwords that they were passing back and forth to each other, like bait, things like that. Raised eyebrows with the adoption agency people that we were working with trying to adopt our dogs out. And they just looked at me and they explained it to me. And, and I just went, oh, hell no. And I and my husband, they, we had some puppies. And my husband went, nope, that's it. We packed our babies up and we went home. That was the end of it. That was it. And we've been terrified of their safety ever since because of that attitude. I know that's crazy to just have a knee-jerk reaction like that and just, oh, and come home and not keep trying. But it freaked us out so much because when we researched what was going on with that, it just disgusted us what people would do to dogs, allow to happen to dogs. There's certain breeds, I guess, that truly do the fighting, and then there's ones that they use to be beat up and chewed up and killed for the other dogs to do. To, I, I just, oh, God. Then the vet... He kind of scared us a little bit, too, with a lot of stuff. He'd been taking care of a lot of these bait dogs, trying to help them. You know, they've lost a lot of blood. They lose a lot of blood in the ring uh, or when they're being tortured or whatever. And, you know, they've rescued some. They had a big rescue out here a few years back, I guess, where they shut down a, a ring. And there's a whole group of things I never even know existed. Shoot. I guess I don't watch enough television. I don't know. I, I was just revolted, and and uh, but it scared us. So, um, anyhow, I just made the decision to keep them here and keep them safe, and there are babies. And if somebody is worthy that would come see our dogs here, and I can really get a feel for the person, get to know them, literally do a background check on them before they adopt their babies, they have to pass a background check. I've done that to, excuse me, three of our babies that we adopted out. I did a background check on them, and I warned them. I said, you know, I care enough that I'm going to check you out because I don't trust. And I explained the story, and they totally agreed. I've had people not agree and storm away, and that's when I knew. That's when I knew that they were probably no good. If you got something to hide, I mean, you know, you have to go through background checks nine times out of ten anyway when you're getting a job, right? I did. As a nurse, they put me through an extensive background check as a nurse. You have to go through those things. Well, anyways, 
I care enough about these creatures. So, yeah. But the fence is there to protect everyone, including us, from strays that run down the street. A case in point, that one, you know? I mean, he's a sweet enough dog. Their little dog, I shouldn't say little, he's a big pit bull. Beautiful, beautiful dog. And nice enough to see that they didn't crop the crap out of his ears. I actually did compliment the family on that. They were fixing too. And I said, oh, don't do that. Don't cut that poor dog's ears. Why do people do that? My mom and dad had a Great Dane that, you know, when they were raising Great Danes, they did that one time. They had surgery done to crop the ears, and, and it was so awful. They got so infected. My mom said, never again. And so we had Great Danes since then. We didn't crop the ears. I think in England it's against a lot of crop the ears on a Great Dane. I don't know if they... So anyways, um, yeah, and I just told him, I said, please don't. I said, he's there, the sweetest looking dogs without that. And I said, you know, honestly, do you really want to have a mean looking dog? You know, and it's, it's, I mean, it's like body modification. Is that really fair to the dog? It's like declawing a cat. My husband's cat, this one that we, this Luli, this old one, she he had a girlfriend <laughs> um, who didn't want her precious furniture torn up. This is, this is, this is how old this cat is. He brought it from a previous relationship. Um, she took that cat without his knowledge to the vet and got the decline done, come home, and there she was with no claws. He had met her after he had rescued this cat, okay? He rescued her during Katrina and then... <laughs> Yeah, can you believe that shit? And then and then he comes home one day from work and the cat's got bandaged paws or whatever and it's because she'd gone and done that. Didn't ask him. Just went and did it. Oh, he was mad. He had another cat too. She did it too. She did two, two cats that they were there. And he was just livid. And so this cat, we got the fence up. She doesn't even try to go outside this fence. She's protected inside here and she's really... She doesn't, you know, go anywhere except her specific designated areas, and she's enjoying it so much being outside. She has a nice place in the barn. It's actually my husband's workshop, but she's the cat, the workshop kitty, and she's in there while he's doing his laser work. Um, it's an enclosed laser, so it doesn't hurt. It's got it's got the shield. You can literally stand there and watch it work because it's got this special shield. It won't hurt you. Um, but anyway, yeah, she's... She's in there with him. So all day long when he's working on his stuff, she's in there hanging with him. And they're very close. And so, um, but anyway, I don't know why I'm getting off on that subject, but the whole idea of the fence, you know, just the modification thing. And they, they, they didn't ever take that dog in to get him fixed. That was way early on. And then now, especially, he's still got a good bit of an attitude, though. I've seen a couple times how they've treated... And it's really kind of a, a gener uh, cultural, not cultural, it's an ignorance thing, generational ignorance, I guess I'll call it, of how people treat their dogs. Instead of being, like using specific things like, you know, like when my dogs are naughty or doing something or chewing or whatever, instead of smacking, because I don't do that, I might drop a little water on their paw or use a squirt, a squirt bun with a little bit of water in it just to get their attention, either on their, t their hiney tail 
or on their paws. You know, if it's super bad, it might end up on their forehead, but it's, it's water. It's not dangerous. I would never hit my dog. You hit, you get a dog that's violent in the end. You will. And um, I've watched these people smack the shit out of their dog on the top of the head. And I was out walking one day when, they, when I saw it. And I went, oh, what happened? And they just looked at me. What? He was doing this. I said, why would you hit your dog? And I just, without even realizing what I'd said, it just flew out of my mouth. And they just went, like, it's any of your damn business. And I'm like, well, but I just, you can get a whole, was he acting naughty? And, you know, they, then they told me. And I, I think he was chewing on the wall or something in the house. I said, you know what will stop that is a spray bottle. And I told him, and I said, it works really well. I said, we have the same issue with our dogs. And I said, we don't hit. We, we catch their attention with the spray bottle. And all you have to do when they attempt to go over there after you do it three or four times, because it's, it's basically called Pavlovian conditioning, if you know what that is, three or four times to stop them. And you say no each time. And then all you have to do after that usually is just touch the spray bottle and they go oh yeah I don't like that water in my face and they and they won't go do it it's usually you also have some some belief in your animal a belief in your because I treat I consider these guys on my level in the sense that they might be a little bit younger in their thinking you know like not at, I don't know nobody really knows the level of or the the um, IQ, we'll put it that way, intelligent quotient of a dog or cat, they don't really know 100% that. I do know they can be very intelligent. The way I look at them is that they're creatures that speak a different language, and sometimes I can't get them to... And I reserve that squirt bottle business for extreme situations. I try really hard to do the gentle pull away, you know, kind of like, come here, let's not do that, and pet them and things like that. I try very hard to do distraction as opposed to punishment. I treat them like children in that respect. Like I would treat my own kids. I'd never spank my kid. It's distraction. When they're tiny, you have to, you have to child-proof your house. Um, and then, you know, it's like when they get older, you know, you, you teach them the word no. When, um, but you don't spank. That spanking thing, it just... Even in children, I just think it's kind of chicken shut. I do. Reserved for the worst of the worst situations where you must get their attention because their life depends on it, like a car is coming or something. You know what I'm saying? Like the worst of the worst times, the once in the only lifetime would you ever do that kind of thing. You see what I'm saying? That's when you reserve that kind of stuff for. And, and that's it with any person, you know, but if you get a long line of spanking your kid nonstop, it's, it doesn't really do much in the way of teaching them how to behave rightly. What it does is you might think they're behaving well, right? You might think everything's great, but they grow up angry and bullish. And a lot of kids who are spanked, I'm sorry. You may disagree with me on this, but I can tell you I've done the, done the polling of people who were bullies I could tell they were bullies. They were just, their attitude, their, I'd say, hey, were you spanked as a kid? And they're like, yes. And that's why I'm such a good person today. Oh, okay. That explains it all, you know. Explains your shittiness. My husband wasn't spanked as a kid. I was. And um, 
it took me a long time to deal through my anger. And I took parenting classes because that was one thing as a nurse. I came right out and said, you know, when I, you learn a lot when you're going to college and taking psychology classes and everything. And I remember talking to my psychology professor about the spanking business. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, that's not a good thing. I said, well, I was spanked as a kid pretty severely. And I said there was times that it was either I was wanting to be a, a, an argumentative person, you know, to, from the get-go, from to being too apologetic. He said, yeah, that's, that's the downfall of, of spanking. It, it really causes that kind of behavior in children, makes them emotionally, you know, messed up. And he said, but we, nobody really knows that until later on in life. And he said that, you know, we're li we live in a time right now where it's kind of like, and this was in the 80s, he said, where it's like half the people have finally figured out that spanking doesn't work, and the other half that are, that are you know, clutching their Bibles, and that one phrase that says, spare the rod, spoil the child, he said, there's those people there too. And um, so you have to, he said, you know, it's not illegal even, you know, yet. He said, but one day spanking might become an illegal activity. Personally, I I just think it's a terrible thing to do. That's just my personal opinion. It took me work to get through some of that. My mom and dad didn't realize what they were doing. They were raised that way, spanks and what have you. They were raised that way. My husband was raised in an interesting way. And this is how we raise our daughter. Spanking did happen in their family, but reserved for the worst offenses, worst offenses. Now, mind you, he's 62 years old, but his dad was the one that was the disciplinarian. His mother would refer to the dad because she didn't want to spank because she's afraid she'd spank too hard. So she would say, wait till your father comes home. Okay. Well, when daddy would come home, according to my husband, he'd get right up close to you. you know, he said, get right close to me when I, he knew I'd done, I've done something wrong. You know, be it pull my sister's pigtail or, you know, steal her doll and, you know, cut her off, whatever, cut the doll up in pieces or, you know, bad things. Wait till your mother, father gets home. And he said, my dad would stand there right up close to me on my level, eye level. He'd make sure we were eye level. He said either we'd sit down where we could be eye level or in such a way that we were always eye level. He would never stand over me. He would be on my equal level, right? And he said he would just gently put his, tap his finger on my chest, just gently, like right where my breastbone is, you know, just, and talk to me and say, now, son, and look me in the eye. And you, what were you thinking when you, you know, took your sister's doll and decided to, you know, cut it up in little pieces? What were you can you tell me what was going through your mind? I mean, I just don't understand why you as such a good kid and a kind young man would do such a thing. I mean, he said he, he'd give you compliments all the while he's tapping and wanting to know what on earth would cause such a sweet person to do such a thing. He said, and then you just couldn't help but start crying because it would make you think. He said, you would actually wish because you would have to self-examine yourself. That's the way his father would make him do things. You'd have to self-examine yourself to figure out what was going on in your mind to do such a terrible thing because in his mind, the father's mind, his son was a wonderful child and why would he 
resort to such things and destruction because he's never, we don't do that in this family. Why, you know, and that I'm telling you works. Okay. Because I do that with our daughter. When she, and she's been destructive in the past. She got mad at me one time when she was four years old. She got angry with me over something. I can't remember what it was she wanted. And it was clearly something she couldn't have due to her age. I'm trying to think of what the heck it was. But I just remember what she did. I wish I could remember what the thing was that she wanted. And I said, no, sweetie. You know, you that's dangerous. Was it that she wanted to... To do the, um, we had a little motor car thing that was designed really for an adult. I think that's what it was. And she wanted to get in that thing and go down the street. And I kept trying to tell her, no, she couldn't do it. And she got pissed. And so she went in the house, stormed in the house and slammed the door. And I went, okay, well, I'll just leave her alone. And I walked in and I said, you know, it's okay to be mad when you get faced with things that you know you're too young for. I used to get angry too when I couldn't do certain things and I'm trying to talk to her and she has her back turned to me right she's sitting at her little school desk and her back turned to me and I heard this snipping noise and I come around and what is she doing she is chopping my headphones to bits I just bought a new pair of headphones to wear to use for my my computer and my work and she had a pair of scissors and she was ripping those puppies to pieces to pieces and I got really mad inside myself and I just she had her little her little her little safety scissors she was using to cut them all to bits I had to take a big deep breath because I know what my folks would have done there would have been no con I mean I would have not even probably remembered what would have happened because I would have been literally thrashed for that and I knew that that's not the reaction I should ever have so I but I knew inside I was angry so I just had to back up. I said, you know, I think I'm just going to let you sit here a bit and kind of work through the anger. And we'll talk later. Maybe we'll have a hot cocoa and a coffee or something. And I'm just going to back up now. And I'm going to go outside and sit for a bit. And I heard her drop the scissors. Yeah, then I, I heard her start to cry. And she says, Mommy, Mommy, I'm sorry I did this. I was really mad at you and I tore up your headphones and she cried. I said, baby, I said, you were upset with yourself. She said, I'm upset. I'm sorry. I'll buy you new ones. I said, she didn't have any money. She was four years old. I said, sweetie, am I angry that you tore those up in retaliation? Because that's what happened. You were angry with me because you couldn't get in that little cart thing that's not for your age. It's too dangerous. I kind of wish we didn't have it. Your dad likes to scoot around and he likes to build things and he should have realized that that was going to entice you to want it right but that happens sometimes you're going to be faced with things that are beyond your capability and you're going to have to realize you have to wait until it's time uh, but that doesn't mean that you don't get angry inside I get angry too and I understand but you did destroy my property so what kind of rule do we live by in this house the do unto others as you want done to yourself. Yeah. You tear something of mine up. And I said, I'll let you choose whatever it is you want me to tear up. How about that? You just choose something of yours that you think is of equal destroying. You just see, I said, I'll let you choose it. And if you don't choose anything at all, we'll just let this go. But if it make you feel better, like 
tit-for-tat sort of thing, but you get to choose it because I don't want to take something of yours and just tear it to bits. I don't even want to do that at all, but I'll allow you to choose that. If you think that's what a just punishment would be, we can do that. Or we can just sit down and talk. And she went and got one of her pictures she had drawn. It was one of the ones that was really, she even admitted, it's not my best picture, but I'll let you tear this up. Maybe that will be fair enough. I said, are you sure about this? And she said, yep. Okay. So I tore it up. <laughs> I felt bad. And then, of course, I pieced it back together with tape because I didn't want to do that. But I thought that was cute that she, because I just said, what kind of rule do we live by in this house? You, we, before we do anything, we should always think of, well, how would this affect someone else besides myself? Is this going to hurt somebody else? Should I do this? You know, that kind of thing. And I want her to think that way because, to me, I really believe that the universe in whole, the, the whole of the universe operates on the um, principle of do, equilibrium, which, in other words, do unto others you want done to yourself. You want to, you want to, you know, everything is going to have a reaction. So how, if you do good things, good things happen. Do bad things, there's going to be a bad reaction. It could be an opposite reaction, too. You never know. You might find someone who's nice, but in, rea in, in truth... When you do something terrible, a person probably should expect a terrible outcome, right? Um, so anyways, I'm rambling on and on about that, but that's the kind of thing that works. And I, I you know, these people, I didn't go into that big, long explanation, but, you know, I watched how they do their kids. A lot of people out here, they just, you know, without even thinking, they pop their kids the mom takes off the flip-flop and smacks their kids. You know, I mean, that's a common Southern thing, I guess. That's what I was told by some people out here. One of my friends down the street was like, yeah, you know, this is how we spank kids. You get the flip-flop and you get swatted. And I'm just like, ugh, that is so just, it is so primitively terrible. I would think that we'd be beyond that. You could probably reason with your kids when they're six and five and four even. Shoot, I could... I could reason on a level that my daughters would understand both of them when they were two years old. Before that, it was a lot of distraction, um, house-proofing, um, saying no when they would do something terrible, but remove them from the situation as I'm saying, no, you can't do that, instead of smacking. I don't... It was exhausting. I will tell you the truth. I did watch how people who did spank got a very f much quicker result of the kids stopping it, right? But what does that do, that physical pain? What does that do to their psyche? This is everything. So I remember being scared all the time of every move I made to where I didn't want to do anything. And I would end up being always saying I'm sorry and never really feeling like I could just be from all the spanks. I think my folks went too far with that. And there's a lot of kids that I think probably would say, yeah, you know. So that's one of the reasons I just, I really, the my thing is, I want to know what causes their thought process. What's going on in their minds when they're doing something destructive? What's bringing them to that point? What triggered them? Let's talk that out so we cannot have that happen again 
Or if you see that thing about to happen, the trigger, how can you work through it so you don't go doing the destructive behavior? Can you take some deep breaths? You know, I mean, gosh, we've been watching things like, um, well, I love Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Oh, I love that show. Even as a grown-up, I love that show. And they talk about things like that. They talk about how to calm yourself down when you get in, you get uh, faced with with extreme angry feelings and how can you deal with it. And and also discover are you justified in having those in the first place? What what brought you there? It's a good idea to try to investigate what brought you there because in that way you learn from it, right? We all have feelings. And I told my I always tell my children, it's okay to feel. It's okay to be angry. It's okay for all that stuff to go on inside you. Now, helped you do with that anger is the thing. See, you know, some people go outside and do 50 push-ups and get themselves in shape working their anger out. Some people uh, go punch a, a punching bag, you know, like with their with their boxing gloves on. That gets rid of their anger. Some people clean their house when they're mad and do a really good job. They work their frustrations out in that. And then there's some people who do it terribly where they take it out on people that don't have, that are just innocent, you know, kind of like my rude behavior the other day when I was upset on Mother's Day because my mother, you know, her birthday was the day after Mother's Day. It was yesterday and I was having an emotional meltdown, didn't realize that that's what was that's the trigger. See, I didn't know it, but I was grouchy and just talking mean to my family members. And then now I know why. See, because this was painful to me. My mom's gone. She's dead. And I didn't get to say goodbye. I went over this yesterday. So, you know, but it wasn't fair to take it out on my family. So what I did is I apologized profusely and I told them that my behavior, my rudeness and everything was totally uncalled for, but this is, I think, why I was being rude. This is I was having some feelings I didn't know what to do with. You know, and once I explained it to them both, they both said, oh, Mommy, we're sorry. Honey, we're sorry. You know, that's that makes sense. You know, that would be hard to handle. You know. <laughs> Buddy, don't chase her around. She's liable to smack you. My dog, Buddy, he gets worried when he's, he has to like whimper and lick and give baths to all the kitty cats. And I have this old kitty cat. She's come out here to visit. She's walking around and he won't leave her alone. He keeps licking her forehead and like, come here, let me give you a bath. And she's like, go away. I'm, I'm 17. Leave me alone. I bathe myself. <laughs> he's so funny. Buddy's so funny. Well, it's coming up on the hour. I rambled a lot. I started off this podcast kind of in an angry mood because of what I saw in the news and, you know, the way I woke up. I have weird dreams, too. My dreams were really weird. Uh, it's vivid, vivid things. And we have a tradition in, in uh, my family, my mother's side. It's kind of a Scandinavian tradition. If you tell your bad dream before you eat something before you ground yourself in this world, if you don't do that, she called it cutting the cord, but she said um, that bad dream will come true. So I ate something. First thing, I had orange. I'm drinking my coffee. I always eat oranges in the morning for breakfast. 
having orange for breakfast and drinking my coffee. And um, yeah, the dream was weird. I dreamt my husband was messing around. <laughs> he was having a girlfriend. Yeah, that was my dream. Um, and I was really upset in my dream. And I don't know how I'd feel about it right now if he did that. Partly because I don't believe I own him. I know that's weird. See, I'm a little odd. I'm a little bit different than most people. There's my liberal nature. I don't believe I own my husband. We are not, I think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, legally married. We don't have it on paper, okay? And I don't feel like, I don't like that either. That's another thing I have a hard time with is this legal business. It's like Jim Carrey said, I love you so, the, his definition of marriage, I love you so much. Let's get the let's get the law involved in it, you know. Ugh. I don't think a person should have to put things on paper like that. I just can you just can people just be together and be happy? You pledge your love that way. Do you need to have spend tons of money on a? I mean, I've been married before and it didn't work, and um, gratefully so that we didn't spend shitloads of money on it because it was over in about four years. We just weren't meant for each other, and you know. That happens. My my first husband is the 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 daddy of my my eldest, and uh, it just didn't work out. You know, things sometimes it just doesn't work out. But we had to go through all kinds of legal nonsense to split up. And now I just like my husband. I call him my husband. He calls me his wife. But I I told him I said I don't want to do this. He agrees. He's perfectly fine with it. And uh, we're old. Too old for drama. Trauma nonsense. But, um, yeah, I, but I, but you know, here's the thing. I don't think he'd do that. He even said this. He said he would never do that. And I said, well, I trust you. I said, I, I trust myself. I said, but I, I trust you to do the right thing. And I mean, if you found somebody, I'm sure there's a reason, right? I mean, right now we're not exactly being close. If you know what I'm saying, intimately, physically, because of my ability to still have children and we're both very old. I have my opinion too old to be having kids. I have lupus and it's deadly for me to have babies right now and he's old and it's very common for women in their older years to have multiples because they're spitting eggs out in twos and threes and we just have to have twins right now and triplets quadruplets would be a dangerous move and we're just not going to do that so we are we are kind of in a celibate mode and friendship and I'm fine with that. But I told him, I totally understood if his, he says, do you think I want to even entertain the idea of getting anybody else knocked up? <laughs> anyway, this is um, Ruth Wittstein. And um, this is Northern Stuck in the South. And I will talk to you tomorrow. I just received a phone call. I have to call somebody back. So um, peace out, wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance, and take care. Goodbye.